I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Logi. I'm Jenner Victoria. And uh, it's an interesting week. Uh, we're all still in lockdown or quarantine or self-isolation or whatever it have you. Uh, but it seems like, uh, as far as gaming news goes, uh, it's starting to roll out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently everybody's realizing that, uh, you know, we kind of do have to start doing things. Yeah. So, yeah. So at least we're getting somewhere. And, uh, yeah. I would like to get outside again. That'd be nice. Yeah. Getting kind of sick of uh, being at home. But anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. So uh, we've got some stuff to talk about this week, including Cyberpunk 2077 and some other fun uh, releases coming soon. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. And for me, it's, uh, well, PC Building Simulator. Uh, I shouldn't really have to mention that anymore, but I will. <laughs> right. But here we fucking are. Yeah. Yep. It's a year. I'm still here. And so... Uh, well, they keep at, they keep updating it, so I'm like just gonna keep on playing it until they stop supporting it. So, you know, so that's where we are. And then, of course, uh, I picked up some uh, retro game compilations on uh, the PC. Uh, got Atari Vault and the three Konami collections. Uh, yeah, I jumped on that Atari Vault too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a DLC uh, for it that adds another 50 games, which was also on sale, but not on that page. <laughs> so we had. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Is it still on sale? Yeah, it's still on sale. You just have to uh, hunt it down on, on the same site that you got it at, uh, Fanatical, but it just wasn't listed as DLC. You have to hunt it out. Uh, but yeah, so that's Atari Vault is actually quite good. Uh, the Konami collections on PC, on the other hand, are shit. Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, there are no resolution settings at all in this in these collections. Uh which means for one of them, the uh, arcade anniversary collection, um, it plays in a tiny little window in the center of my screen, and I can't do anything about that. Like, yeah, guys, um, whoever ported it to PC is an idiot, because you should at least be able to set what resolution you want the game to run at, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like, the, uh, the you know, Contra and Castlevania collections, which are so... Um, console port e that they don't even acknowledge the concept of exiting to windows mm. yeah uh but at least those will kind of run at the right resolution when you start them it's the uh it's the third one there the uh anniversary collection the one with gradius and salamander and whatnot that uh is just a mess mm. uh but beyond that, uh, at least the Atari Vault is really good, and it's got some great arcade games. Um, oddly, Battlezone is not in it, which is really, really irritating, because that's kind of one of the games I was looking forward to playing, and it's not there. Uh, 2600 version's there, but that's not that great. So um, so that's kind of been it for me. What about you, Pat? Um, well, in addition to my stimulus check haul, which we can talk about later, I haven't really had much time with any of those, so I didn't figure they were worth going into at length. Um, It's mostly been Samurai Showdown, uh, which I've, I've decided that there's no better fighting game out there to actually teach somebody the fundamentals of the genre. Um, And I'm finally, I have a main, I'm getting into online play. I'm, I'm finally ready to buckle down and start competing on this one, which um, 
is a point that I never really hit up until now. Um, and I'm just really thoroughly enjoying myself and this could be the game that I, um, that I really emphasize in my general practice moving forward. Um, just because it's so much of what I like to see in a fighting game. Mm, so, um, as far as the main that I found, um, it's actually Charlotte. Probably. Yeah. Um, basically for a game of this type, um, she does everything I want a character to do. She zones really well. She has, um, good mix up options. Uh, lots of good misdirections. Uh, and at the same time, she, um, she manages that without being, um, you know, stupidly linear. So she seems to be pretty popular among the community too. Yeah, I can see why. Um, and in addition, I've also been uh, grinding away at Doom, um, coming up toward the end of Episode 2. And yeah, this game holds up so well um, and overcomes so much to do it, like I said last week. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled with it, and I'm probably going to end up playing through um, all the way to at least Doom 2. Uh, before I'm done, and that's pretty much been my week. All right, um, what about you, Brennan? Well, uh, as for me, um, <clears throat> I've uh, for those you don't know on PSN, uh, they are currently uh, have the complete edition of Red Dead Redemption Two on sale uh, for about forty dollars. So that's what I've been playing this week: Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, I never actually finished the story for it, so that's also what I've been doing, but I've also been playing the online component as well, and okay. Yeah, um, the biggest problem with the online part is the fact that the people who play on that, who play in that game are assholes. <laughs> um, so when you play that game, there's actually two things you can do. Because, uh, like in the regular story-based game, you've got a camp that you work that you set up, and at the camp you can actually set it so that you can either be safe from other players or not safe from other players. But the problem is, for a lot of these missions, you have to set it so that you know the other players can access your game. Um, will act or have access to the session that you're playing in, and there's just a bunch of them out there whose sole purpose is to go around and just kill people. Yeah, like and yeah, um, straight up bandits. Yeah, and uh, then of course you know a lot of these missions are missions you have to do in groups, and there's a good fifty-fifty chance that your rest of your party will just straight up abandon you before the game before the mission even starts. Hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, the PS4's Wi-Fi capabilities have always been kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, it's still Red Dead Redemption 2. It's still one of the greatest games of this generation. Mm-hmm. Not really much more to add to it. Um, also, uh, been playing the remastered version of the Valkyria Chronicles. It's on uh, PS Plus. And, um, you know, the game's still good. Still hard as balls, as I remember it. It's been a while since I've played it. Um, in fact, I don't think I've played it since it originally launched, which is like, oof, like almost 10 years ago now. PS3 version? Yeah, almost 10 years ago. Hmm. Yeah. But that game is also really good. I highly recommend it. And, uh, I was playing, uh, XCOM 2, but I got sick of all its bullshit and deleted it from my PlayStation. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been playing. What about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, so last night I streamed Fallout 76, uh, their new Wastelanders update, uh, which is pretty good. It's a lot closer to what you want out of a Fallout game. Uh, initially, wherever you're starting from, uh, one of the first quests they give you is basically go back to the vault. So for people that have played it uh, before this update, uh, if you want to just keep using that character, you can... You just have to go back to the vault and you talk to a couple people uh, that kind of set you off on your first uh, quest line. Uh, I think there's another set, but I'm not sure if that's directly related to the Wastelanders. It's about these uh, like first responder uh, protectrons. Uh, they need to go to the airport, I guess. Uh, but yeah, initially it was just me trying to... Uh, well, first off, when I respond into the game... Uh, it uh, had me stuck inside part of my uh, base's fixtures. So I had to figure out how to uh, delete that part uh, and then uh, rebuild it, uh, which took a little bit. But then uh, uh, getting around uh, wasn't too bad. I had one person that was shooting at me, but apparently... Uh, with some more recent updates, they basically made it so that if people just start uh, attacking you, they just do really reduced damage until you uh, respond to them. So if you just ignore them, they're not going to do much damage to you. So they've kind of gotten around some of the griefing stuff that you could do very early on. Uh, but yeah, you go to this, uh, back to the, the, the Vault 76 and uh, talk to these people who are trying to find some sort of uh, what they call the big one in the vault. They think it's there's some huge treasure in there or something like that. You can joke with them, uh, screw around with them, but then you have to go to this uh, bar that's nearby, which is there's nothing there before. And uh, they end up setting you on some story stuff, trying to figure out uh, why are there all these... Uh, uh, like raiders kind of attacking her bar constantly. Uh, and so that's kind of where I am at. Uh, they gave me a couple of like optional stuff to do. Uh, one of which was just to uh, go to this family, uh, their farm, and figure out like what they were doing to keep these raiders away from them, uh, which is basically bribing them with uh, food and crops and that kind of stuff. Uh, There's another guy that I had to go to at the the fairgrounds that was, uh, he was, uh, offering, uh, some help. If I got him this egg on this Island, I was like, oh, okay, well, 
at least see what this is. It seems like a setup for something. And it was a uh, a big ass creature that was like level twenty one when I was level ten, maybe. And so it just fucking wiped me. Uh, luckily, the the stuff I left behind was uh, right on the shore, so I could just go right back and uh, pick it up and just say, "Well, I'm not doing that." So uh, I just have to head up to the uh, the place where the 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 gang is at, and either talk them out of doing whatever they're doing or just kill them all. Uh, still figuring out what I'm going to do with that, but so far so good on that. Uh, which is uh, a nice change of pace from the the original game, which was not. It was basically you had to make your own fun, and out here they kind of provide a bit more uh, story stuff to do for people that want that, uh, which is at least pretty good impressions early on. Um, still playing more No Man's Sky, working towards getting these mechs. Uh, available for my base. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that point because I'm having some weird bug where the the quest line is asking me to do something. I did it, and it's still asking me to do it. So I'm not sure what sort of bug is uh, happening here, but uh, it's getting kind of annoying. I don't want to just jump into a, a create server to just start spawning that stuff automatically. I kind of want to have it naturally on my uh, main survival save. So we'll see how that goes. But um, playing some more Animal Crossing. I uh, got my stock uh, market stuff done today. Uh, see how it pays off. Uh, but yeah, done with the Bunny Day stuff, which is nice, uh, where I can gather resources and not have to worry about, you know, like a third of them or half of them are going to be uh, eggs popping out to make everything a little bit more. Uh, tedious than it already is. Uh, so yeah, uh, paid off my loan for my first extra room, so I got my second one set up. Uh, still working on what to put in there, but now I can at least store more stuff in my house's inventory, so that'll be good. And uh decided today I wanted to try and play Crisis on my PC. Uh, Windows 10, and apparently it doesn't work on Windows 10 out of the gate. At least Windows 10 64-bit. Uh, I had to uh, use a Steam guide that uh, pointed me to like a fan-made patch that made it work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes more sense why they're uh, doing this whole uh, remaster for uh, the current consoles and PC. Because hmm. it's a 13-year-old PC game and PC uh, OS stuff has changed a lot since then. Yeah. Plus, it has games for Windows Live in there, which uh, doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, I haven't seen any of that in this well, that, version. That was stripped out of the fan one, but the original one, that's one of the reasons it doesn't run. Okay. And it's its weird when it's launching and you see uh, logos for, like, Intel uh, processors. Like, <laughs> yeah. Series 2 or whatever it's saying here. I was like, processors. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's, that's certainly a thing that you don't see anymore. Hmm. Uh, that and I think NVIDIA maybe as well. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, like initially before I even got it to the right resolution or anything, it was like, oh, 3,300 FPS uh, from the Steam thing. I was like, all right, that sounds about right. Uh, not this part where it's not working at all, but uh, also you can tell what era of, of uh, first-person shooting controls is when you can't toggle to crouch. Hmm. You have to hold it the whole time. 
which is not exactly uh, what I was expecting, but uh, otherwise, also weird is they have like very high settings on most of the graphics options, but I can't pick them. Uh, I'm not sure what the the issue is there, but uh, it's just it's like well, you, you're gonna do high on everything, which still looks good, but uh, I think when I have all the settings up, it's at like 1100 FPS. <laughs> Uh, unless I turn on VSync and I'll just go to 75 for my monitor. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that is a uh, is an old ass FPS. Yeah. yeah, if you want to run that like in its native form, you have to be running Windows 7 because that's like the oldest version of the OS that it still supports. So, yeah, joy. Which uh, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes sense why they're going to remaster it for PC because yep. it's needs a little bit of modernizing on certain things, but hey, at least they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Not like uh, Bethesda, who still has Fallout uh, 3 using uh, Games for Windows Live to manage their DLC. Mm-hmm. I think the GOG version does not have that. No, it doesn't. Which is like, okay, why didn't you put that on PC, on uh, Steam <laughs> as well? Because <laughs> Bethesda. <laughs> doesn't seem like that would be too difficult. Yeah. The, even if you just... The Bethesda net version also doesn't. So, yeah. that. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a whole weird thing. Mm. But I, uh, yeah, that's been pretty much it. I think so. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan Reb? Well, uh, this week in Animal Crossing, um, it's gotten a whole lot more interesting again because um, now that Easter's out of the way, Bunny Day is over, I don't have to worry about fishing or finding eggs in the most stupid places. And uh, it's it's gotten to the point where I can actually, you know, do what I want to do again. And um, now that the game's been out for about a month now, um, a lot of my friends uh, have gotten the terraforming part. And, man, the terraforming just makes you realize how uncreative you are. Just because, like, you know, like for me, uh, I paved a lot of my roads so that it looks like a sort of a organized town. And then I go to, like, other places and, like, wow, I feel like I'm in Japan or Egypt or whatever's going on. So it's really interesting seeing all these creative options. And, um, yeah, um, honestly, my, my play has dwindled a little bit only because I've been playing other games, but, um, with, with, with Bite Day being over, like the, it, it's totally like refreshed my, uh, creative juices there. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, over the week, I just paid off my final loan for the house, which was the basement. And that was 2.5 million bells, uh, which I mostly got by, um, cheesing the, the turnip, uh, the, the stock market. So for those of you that aren't aware, um, you pretty much have the stock market in Animal Crossing where you can buy turnips at a low price and sell them high. And with uh, this particular game, um, you can actually uh, go anywhere you want and sell your turnips anywhere you want. So basically, I'd be going on Twitter, searching for the word turnip, and people would always be posting their prices up. And if you want to go to their town, you can. And I sold mine at like 600 bells per turnip and ended up with like 3.5 million bells and it made the game a whole lot easier. So I don't know if Nintendo wants to patch that soon because that, that's an economy problem. And if you really want to want this game to be evergreen, you probably shouldn't have that in there. But I'm done with that. So that shouldn't be a problem for me anymore. But yeah, uh, Animal Crossing is still cool. Um, then there's Persona 5 Royal, which I mentioned last time I got because I was so frustrated with Bunny Day. Mm. And man, Persona 5 Royal has really... Um, uh, so for, for, for my persona background here, um, 
I played uh, Persona 4 Golden before even playing Persona 4, so I didn't know like um, how crazy some of these retouches were. So when <laughs> I Royal, I was like, wow, like, they, they, they just added like one character and it adds this much to the story. Every dungeon is different when they added the grapple hook mechanic. And I am like, wow, this is totally insane. Um, I'm about, I want to say 30, no, 45 hours in. Yeah, 45 hours in. And I've only gotten past the uh, Futaba dungeon, which is barely halfway. Um, and it's crazy seeing how like the dynamic of each character is changing based on like who's there. Like It hasn't changed all that much, but now that they've introduced all these new characters, it means I also have um, more things to do when I'm not in a dungeon grinding. And that's where the game sort of becomes overwhelming. But, you know, I guess that's... Also, life in a microcosm, assuming that, you know, people would be going to move, would be going out. But, yeah, that's what that is. And uh, I've also finally gotten my hands on a Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, the game came on Tuesday when it came out last Friday. So um, if I had gotten it on time, I probably would have beaten it already, but I'm not there yet. Uh, I have about 25 hours in. Um, and <clears throat> most of my problems with the game are actually with its production. Um Playing the game for a few hours, uh, as opposed to what I did with the demo, I, I, I found that the, the the battle system was a little much. But you know, as usual, you keep you keep playing, you get used to it. So mm-hmm. I do I do like the fact that when you want to use an item or when you want to use an, another character's ability, the action stops, so you don't have to worry about getting killed then. Um, but at the same time, uh, because I wasn't used to it when I first played it, um, I die mostly because I didn't see Cloud's, Cloud's HP go go down. Um, and the cool thing about um, the game is that when, when you die, like you know, it's totally your fault. It, it, it's not because the uh, computer AI totally did, did something cheap, like in other RPGs, where it's like, "Cool, I'm gonna use my super," and then in the next turn, which is immediately, I'll use my super again. I'm like, "Okay, I can't even defend for that." So, what am I doing here? Um, anyway, uh, I've gotten to the point where uh, uh, where Aerith gets kidnapped. I mean. It's a spoiler, but again, this game is like, what, 30 years old? So, um, yeah, I've gotten to the point where Aerith gets kidnapped, and uh, I'm with um, Barrett and Tifa, and the game has finally opened up. I can finally go to, like, a few towns uh, whenever I want, because uh, prior to this point, the game was totally linear, and and it played like a walking simulator. Um, and that was actually one of my problems with Final Fantasy XIII, because thirteen was literally hallways um, all the way through, but seven actually does a good job with making the game seem open, even though it wasn't. And um, I really appreciate that about uh, this particular game. Um, one of the main changes I also see with the battle system is uh, the fact that you can level up um, your, your gear. Um, in the previous game, it's, it's kind of like every other RPG where if you find a, a new piece of gear, you go ahead and um, equip it and you're done with the other one. So it made the Buster Sword rather useless. Uh, with this one... Um, you want to level up your gear so that you get a certain ability. And once you have that ability, you can go ahead and switch back to whatever swords you want, which makes sense because, you know, Cloud without the Buster Sword is, you know, what's the point? And, um, yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, again, my main problem being with production, uh, particularly with the graphics and, and, and the audio. Um, with the graphics, for example, yeah, from far away, this um, from screenshots, you can tell like this game has a lot of care put into it. But once you get into the nitty gritty, like walking through various houses and what, uh, you'll see that the attention to detail is uh, less than ideal. Um, I was walking through Tifa's house, not Tifa's house. I was walking through Aerith's house, 
and saw that some of the, t- the textures on some of the cooking items were uh, PS2-ish. Like, they weren't even curved. They were, like, you know, octagonal lines rather than a circle. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so much better than this. Like, when it, when it gets to a point where, where an Animal Crossing house looks better than a Final Fantasy house, I'd, I'd be kind of concerned. Hmm. Um, and then as far as the sound goes, it's not really a problem with the voice acting, but the, the, the syncing. Um, I'm, I'm playing on a PS4 Pro, and it doesn't seem like their, their mouths were totally synced to uh, what they're saying in English. Um, I don't think we have a Japanese uh, voice option, but... Um, I doubt that would have actually fixed anything because it seems like they actually tried to sync it with English. It just doesn't really work. And it's it's weird because I feel like the characters themselves are overacting with the voice acting, whereas the voice acting is more calm. Like, you'll see Tifa be really, really excited, uh, but at the same time, the the voice just not, not be there. And it's weird to say because I think the voice acting is fine. I'm not, I'm not annoyed by any of it, but it's hard to really see the exact portrayal with what you see on the screen. And that kind of brings it down, which is particularly disappointing because uh, Square usually does a great job with pushing each console to its boundaries, and I don't feel like they did it here. So that's what I think about that. Hmm. Um, and that's a bit about it. All right. Yeah, well, given the, uh, the storied production history that this game has had, I'm just kind of surprised it turned out as well as it did, to be honest. Yeah. So... Yeah. And here's the uh, other thing. Uh, people have been saying, you know, don't talk about spoilers, even though the game is like, what, like 30 years old at this point? Well, 97, so, yeah, 20. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's some stuff story-wise towards the end that... Uh, is different. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten that impression too, so I'm 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 treading waters carefully. But yeah. you know, just 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 going based on what I know. I mean, like we all know my FF history here. I didn't expect Earth to die when I first played. So yeah, yeah. Know, if, some, it's, if something happened totally randomly here, then yeah. I wouldn't yeah. know. But um, another another thing I, I do I do appreciate is the fact that um, like everyone has been saying, uh, this game pretty much ends once you leave Midgar, and um, the the way they fleshed out everything was uh, particularly great. Like uh. The relationship you have with um, Jesse, uh, Biggs, and uh, Wedge, three characters that are part of Avalanche that were afterthoughts in the original game, mm-hmm. totally great. And um, a lot of the new characters, or not new characters, but um, some of the characters that they didn't really flesh out before really come to life here. And um, it, it's resonated with me. So a lot of people regard FF7 as one of the best fantasy stories, where I, w- I always thought it was one of the most convoluted. This game does a good job at retelling it. So... Yeah. Well, it didn't I, help I, I, that the localization was shit the first time around. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> and let's not forget, there's a lot of people who are playing the remake who never played the original. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And I think that's that, that's the main audience. Like, there's obviously a nostalgia trip here. Yeah. Well, clearly, I'm not the main audience. No, <laughs> I'm not either. So, <clears throat> anyway, let's get into uh, the news of the week then. Uh, <clears throat> as Chris, Chris touched on uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, the original Crisis is getting a remaster. Uh, it's coming out on uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, somehow. Um, so if you want something that will melt your Switch, well, there you go. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, we have we don't have a date because, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that they were expecting to have to do this, given that... Uh, they kind of tipped this off as a uh, an April Fool's joke, and then people said, "How dare you?" And then I guess the the action, 
the response was, oh shit, maybe we actually have to make this now. Um, so they're going ahead and uh, they're going through with it. Uh, interestingly, the PC version is going to be probably another system melter uh, mm. because it will be, you know, using all the modern APIs. It's going to take advantage of ray tracing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you'll be, uh, at least on the PC, you'll have uh, uh, another, you know, uh, visually stunning feast to play with. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how people take to what this era of PC first person shooters were. Yeah. Which is a bit more open, a uh, bit less weirdly focused on stealth, but not in the controls so much. Because, uh, like, you know, you can't just toggle on crouch and hide in the bushes as yeah. easily as you can do in more modern games. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of. Uh, Mm-hmm. A lot of managing of your different uh, suit powers. Yeah. Yep. Which they simplified in like Crisis Two and Three. Yeah. But I would imagine like they'll make some touches for you know the crouch toggle will probably be a thing that gets implemented because uh, it's expected at this point to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, we don't know when it's coming out. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. Another uh, news. Um, yeah, Jason Schreier is leaving Kotaku uh, because, uh, yeah, Geo Media apparently are assholes. Yep. Shocking. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has obviously been in the cards for a while. He just had to think of a proper exit plan. And I think this was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, exit plan was GTFO. <laughs> um, Bye. Yeah. Because, uh, well, basically that's... It, to me, uh, Jason Schreier was the only shred of credibility that site had. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of the time, what you saw on there were uh, poorly constructed listicles. You saw uh, basically what amounted to uh, puff pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a lot of just uh, sponsored content masquerading as actual you know, journalism. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. And, you know, Jason Schreier was the one who did a lot of the good journalism on that site. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are some still some talented writers over there. Uh, mm-hmm. But with Jason going, I kind of wonder if the others aren't going to start looking for greener pastures elsewhere. Because, uh, yeah, maybe the writing's on the wall for Kotaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 still going to be a games journalist. He's, he's going to take some time off to work on his book. Um, he's he also that, joining yeah, a podcast. Yeah, and that that podcast is pretty much the same one that he's been producing with the the Kotaku staff before. So uh, um, we're, we're not going to miss him much in that regard. But yeah, like he's pretty much made Kotaku what it was. Yeah. And Schreier has definitely been one of my favorites because he's probably the one that I resonate with the most as far as like taste goes. Like as far as JRPGs, he's probably like the biggest name that's into you know the the, the Trails games and whatnot. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where he goes next and if he's able to like bring some uh, good with him because like aside from the people at a uh, gamesindustry.biz, like he's he's the guy synonymous with me as far as like real journalism goes in gaming. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he's got the. I mean, in my view, he's got kind of like the same clout as a Jeff Gerstmann would. You know, he's <laughs> he's got the name recognition that wherever he ends up going, people are going to follow him there. So totally. Yeah. So like uh. I also wonder, like, if this would ever happen. If, if this would have happened, if uh, you know Hulk Hogan wasn't, wasn't an asshole. <laughs> uh, maybe basically, he, he single-handedly ruined Gawker Media. Yeah, well, 
they kind of did it to themselves. Yeah, they they weren't exactly the most upstanding of companies to begin with. So, uh-huh. yeah, but yeah, basically it was a skirmish between rather unsavory individuals that ended up leading to this. So, yeah, it was one of the douchiest things that ever happened. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll keep an eye on uh, where he ends up going. Uh, like he said, he's working on a book. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting read when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, uh, the book that he already, he already has out is excellent. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right, uh, next up, now in the light of uh, the new COVID 19 pandemic that we're still currently in, so it's not really new, uh, Gamescom is going to be a digital event. Uh, yeah, given that Germany has a public event ban right now, uh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, now. Everything that we're gonna that would have come out of Cologne is now gonna be streamed or uh yeah, basically just streamed. <laughs> or downloadable is also a potential, but uh they haven't really talked too much about that. So Well Yeah. Yeah, th- this is the direction these shows need to move in. Yeah. Uh, We've been saying it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh of all of the you know, the big game shows, uh I kinda liked Gamescom the most. Um, they seem to be the ones that had the best management. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I think once things get settled and back to normal, uh, I do still think that that show will probably end up uh, restart restarting and going back to some semblance of normal once Germany does lift that whole uh, public yeah. event ban. But that's still a ways off. So, yeah, I mean. Moving forward, normal is totally going to be something different uh, when we look at events in the industry or pretty much any, you know, pop industry. Um, like, obviously, um, one of the main reasons why they aren't done as much is because uh, rent is extremely expensive. And a lot, of, a lot of times, like, when you host these kinds of events, it's not even the money that they have. It's the money from, from, from the sponsors. And we'll see how much they really want to look into it when you can do a lot of these things digitally. And as we've seen, like sometimes it digitally works, sometimes it doesn't. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. So <clears throat> keep our uh, eyes peeled for that. Uh, it's going to be an interesting summer. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So. yeah they actually, they, they canceled Comic Con too, and like I'm, I'm surprised people were actually like thinking that it was going to happen. And I'm like, no, they're 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 canceling things like all the way through November. Why would they still have something in July? Yeah. Not to mention with Comic Con specifically, like let's say they didn't cancel it, you're not going to have studios like WB or Marvel show up and that's like you know most of the reason why people go these days yeah. so uh, well, once once we get back to it next year hopefully I bet it'll be a little smaller scale and, and it might go back to what it used to be which is a good thing and, and, and a bad thing for certain people so yeah. again interesting times yep definitely that uh, alright so uh, next little bit of news uh, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer is coming out on PS4 and Switch and it's uh... yep yeah, PS4 Switch, yeah. May 12th. Isn't it already thing, out on uh, PS4? Uh, Racer no. Revenge is out on PS4. Yep. It's a sequel. Yeah, It's a sequel? I thought it was the same game. No, it's nope. the, no. The, the sequel that's kind of not as good. Yeah. yeah. Huh. The one good thing to happen out of episode one. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm excited to see how this turns out, uh, especially Uprising and then 64 game. Uh, some of the... The images they have on the, the PlayStation blog uh, post about this uh, looks interesting. Hmm. How how much 
they zoom in on stuff that was never meant to be zoomed in on. <laughs> Made high def, uh, like some of the the cutscene type stuff. Yeah. Of the uh, Anakin in his his seat. It's like, oh uh, yeah, this uh, this is definitely a game that's on an N sixty four. Yeah. Well, there was also a PC version, so I'm guessing maybe they, they're basing it off that version and upscale like that, but even that wasn't that much better. So. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Aspire has done pretty good work with these old sto- uh, Star Wars games they're bringing over hmm. uh, to the new consoles. And they say they upraised all the FMV sequences. Output resolution has been massively changed, have massively changed in the past 20 years, as well as file uh, size restrictions. So they natively re-export everything into greatly increased resolutions that will look better than ever on your 4K TV. Mm. Uh, they say the cutscenes still look good, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, remapped all the controls, so it works on modern controllers because yeah, the N64 controller is not not, uh, not a controller map that works on any modern controller yeah. uh, anymore, at least. Uh, and yeah, they got a. I'm not sure going to have online play, but they're at least going to have uh, a lot of the uh, the local play stuff. So yeah, the split screen uh, racing will probably still be there. So yeah. do we know if it's a uh, one for one remake? Should be. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, cheat codes find their find their way in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That was the only the only way I could beat it back then. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that was hard. Yeah, it wasn't an easy game. Yeah. No, it was uh, it, it was fast. Yeah, put it that way. Yeah, and like old B is not gonna have the kind of reflexes that young me had. So, yeah, let's put it that you know, way. He can never be Sebald, but he always wins. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, okay. So beyond that, we got uh, XCOM Chimera Squad coming out on PC, and uh, this is coming out April twenty fourth. So yeah, next next week. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be sort of a testing ground for what we're probably going to see in XCOM 3. Yep. Um, basically, uh, this is a, a sort of it's it's a little too big to be considered a DLC, but it's kind of a DLC <laughs> to uh, standalone game. Yeah. Uh, basically, it takes place a few years after you know the end of XCOM 2, where uh, you got rid of the elders, and so basically, you and all the regular alien races are now trying to get along on the same planet. And Chimera Squad is basically made up of both human and aliens uh, of the various kinds, all uh, trying to get together and trying to do various things in the city that you're working in, uh, basically trying to keep the peace. Yeah, City City Thirty One is the like home base, so that's what you're kind of managing to expand and all that kind of stuff, like you would uh, in the other games. Uh, the squad is a set squad; mm-hmm. there's no random generalized uh, generated members for it. Mm. Uh, and they also, they also have a new thing called with. Reach Mode, mm-hmm. uh, where you can assign agents to specific entry points and better coordinate their assault. Yeah, uh, so it'd be a little bit more specific ways of setting up. Uh, entry points that are kind of like some of the uh, other sort of strategy games on PC. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out, remember what the names are, but there's a lot of stuff like that. It's a little bit more like the original like Rainbow Six kind of stuff. 
Yeah, it's sort of like I think people have called it XCOM SWAT, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm actually kind of interested in this. It's a bit more like story based than XCOM usually is. Yeah. Um, with like a regular group with like actual story arcs and stuff, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I can, I can, I can go for that. Yeah. So it'll be ten bucks at launch. Uh, the following week on May first, it'll go to 20 bucks for the price. Now, the, in- the interesting thing is, how are they going to sort of balance this so that all of your alien members are not, like, super OP compared to the regular human ones? Hmm. Because that's kind of the point <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. of XCOM. Yeah. yeah. I'll think they'll, uh, I'll I'm sure they'll find ways to make it hard. Oh, they'll probably find ways to make it total bullshit. I know yeah, they will. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, some of the uh, aliens or human operatives will have no idea how to use doors. So mm-hmm. there's, there's that. Yeah. Or to get over counters. Yeah. Cause, uh, Tables. And... And, and just a, just a small as... raising uh, in the ground, like a <laughs> speed bump or some shit. As two people who have played the game, like, this is a thing in XCOM. It's just... You have no idea what the game is going to just react to you, to your commands on. Sometimes yeah. you'll go through a door, and sometimes, like Brandon said, you'll go over the, the roof to get around the other side yeah. for some reason. As, as someone oh. who's quit every XCOM game he's played, this, this convo is pissing me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Oh, you've totally got a 92% chance of getting this guy who's like two feet away from you. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's that 8% that gets you. Yeah, all the time. So, okay, cool there. Uh, so we finally have a release date for Streets of Rage Four, April thirtieth. Yes. Yep. Uh, which means I'm not going to get it until late May. Oof! Really? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, because the pre-orders at limited run end a week after it releases, mm-hmm. and then of course there's you know production <sighs> and shipping. So. Um, so yeah so <clears throat> I, I actually put myself on media blackout but I had to watch this trailer and I if, if I wasn't sold already I, I'm, I am sold now it's, <laughs> it is it's, really, it's, it's awesome. amazing um, yeah. I am like uh, bugging uh, Tom Schulenberg who uh, works with um, these guys uh, to, to get the review code and I've, I've been bugging him there like almost every other day so uh, <laughs> hope, hoping we can hook Phil up but uh, yeah looks awesome yeah, yeah, it really does. It looks like they actually, uh, you know, did it right. So, yeah, really can't wait to get my hands on it. And, yeah, it's one of those games that I want to have physically. So, yeah, I did. And In the I, Genesis case? Yes. <laughs> so that kind of means <laughs> the that, yes. case with the steelbook inside it? Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> so I have to wait for it, but I'm sure it's going to be worth it. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, what else we got? Fantasy Star Online Two is uh, well, it's basically out now on Xbox One yes. and Microsoft Store. I've downloaded it, haven't started it. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how big was was it to download again? I heard it was huge. It, it was. I don't, I don't have my Xbox One turned on right now, so I can't tell you. I think it's like seventy to eighty gigs. Yeah. How much is the game? Yep. Yeah. What? How much is the game? Free. Free. Oh, it's free? Yeah. I had no idea. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, get a bunch of people to play it. Yeah. Yeah. With so. all the microtransactions you expect of a twenty twelve game, mm-hmm. Japanese game. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Never mind. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, if you want to play it on PC, it's late May and it's Microsoft Store exclusive. So. Um, yeah. So not coming to Steam or uh, anything else for I think a year. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. Uh, for Microsoft to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Considering Microsoft has been, you know, bringing their games to Steam uh, lately. Uh, but yeah. I'm guessing uh, this one they're going to keep pretty close to the vest. They probably feel uh, yeah. yeah. People are going to. So that's be... a big score for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they won't be coming to the other consoles as well until next year. At which point they'll probably just have to work on PS5 and, uh, versions for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, <clears throat> speaking of PS5, according to a report on Bloomberg. Uh, Sony's PS5 initial shipments might be lower than uh, we would want to hope. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I called. Just this. push the launch to next year, then. <laughs> yeah, Chris called it. Yeah, like yeah. they're gonna hit the the launch dates for both these consoles. They're just not gonna be like a million plus at the launch month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at that point, they really might as well not launch it. At that point, just. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're going to launch it sometime, and I guess the biggest concern is uh, that they have is well, the price for one. There, mm-hmm. there are reports, and I'm you know I'm still sticking to my five hundred to six hundred, and uh, as some developers have have said, uh, that's kind of what they think it's going to come in at. Uh, and of course, if given that we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, you know. A lot of people are just kind of hunkering down and saving money, so they're a little concerned that, well, if they launch with an oversupply, they're going to be sitting there in stores for a whole long, long time. So mm-hmm. there's that yeah. to consider. See, I love mm-hmm. being an early adopter, but I feel like I've been burned with every launch that I've taken part of except for the Switch, because that had an excellent launch lineup. But yeah. I don't know. Like... Um, uh, for me, like if, if if I were to choose between um, uh, PS5 or Xbox Series X on day one, it would probably be PlayStation mainly because you know they have the track record of having like the better variety of games uh, earlier. Uh, but at, at this point in time, like none, none of them have me sold. But I am ready because I have like four hundred bucks in, in gift cards to go ahead and use. But yeah. If, given the shortages, we'll see. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's if. Uh... You know, for me, uh, launching this holiday is, I think they probably will. Uh, but I do think a lot of people are going to be kind of shocked by the price that it ends up coming in at. Um, given the kind of hardware that's in there, uh, there's there's no way you do that under 400 That's oh. it's not happening. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Especially in the... Uh, I mean, time would do a, a good number on that price tag. Yeah, well, uh, mm-hmm. as far as early adopters go, well, they're going to end up paying the tax for that. So, yeah, yeah. So, Pat, uh, being being the only person that I know who hasn't actually missed a launch, like, what would be your? Well, I've uh, missed two out of the last twenty-one years, so gotcha. that isn't entirely accurate. But yeah, I I am kind of the staple launch guy, I guess. As, um, as far as price goes, what's your sweet spot? Where it's yes, no matter what. Um, it would. Well, given the fact that I'm pretty much determined to uh, get in on both of these launches, um, 
I think 500 is the point where I'd have to start thinking about maybe pulling back. Mm-hmm. But um, even then, I would probably still try. My main concern is not the price point, but the availability. Like, um, a PlayStation 5 is, a, especially a PlayStation 5, is a take-my-money proposition. But I would probably lose my shit if I had the money ready to go and they didn't have a system for me. That's probably one of my biggest piss-offs um, in gaming altogether. Yeah, and so... Um, like, I would probably go to the $600 point if the games were there. But um, if the if the systems weren't, then I would I would not take that well. Mm. That would be a, a black eye for Sony that they would have a very hard time uh, recovering from, in my yeah. view. Yeah. Well, Sony themselves are kind of in a little bit of a predicament because they have to figure out okay, well, how many of these can we realistically make? Uh, and how and are, is the demand going to be there? And that's another problem that time would solve. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's how big of a launch do you think you can, you can manage? And, you know, if they, if they push it out, depending on how long this whole coronavirus thing goes, you know, that... Uh, the, people wanting to hang on to their money uh, that doesn't really you know change too much well yeah but you can get in at a lower price point and yeah. they'd probably be that would probably be a more palatable um you know value proposition for more people yeah well to be honest like six months to a year of delay for the next generation yeah. consoles probably wouldn't make much of a difference as far as uh, Sony's ability to produce them and still make a profit on them. Uh, there's, unlike a lot of, uh, like the PS4 and Xbox One specifically, when those came out, uh, the technology that they were using in there, especially the CPU, was already out of date. Um, and with these ones, they're they're literally using you know, current and next-gen tech. Uh, stuff that we don't even have on the PC yet. So, yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're having to eat that cost uh, because they yeah. want to be on the cutting edge for, you know, for, uh, for this time, time out. So, yeah. yeah, when you built these consoles around solving some of the key issues of the, the last two consoles, uh, it takes a lot of work and money for that uh, versus just using off-the-shelf stuff from last gen that just kind of, uh, push that those issues uh, into the future. Yeah, it sucks though because I mean I would like to get my hands on one at launch, uh, and well, maybe pre-orders are going to be a necessity this time around. You know, used to be. Uh, like the, yeah, absolutely. I'll. Um, what I want is a situation where a pre-order will guarantee you a system. Yeah. <laughs> Well, chances are if you pre-order as soon as they go live, you're probably going to be okay. So, yeah. But there we, that's where we are. So, yeah, so we'll see how that uh, goes. One other thing about this report that I mentioned is uh, one of the reasons that Sony has been kind of quiet about details 
uh, is also the coronavirus. They weren't sure how people would take, uh, you know, <laughs> take all of the details of a new console that, well, let's be honest, it's a luxury item uh, in a time when we're yeah. trying to be a little more austere. That is oh. fair. Yeah. And I've seen Apple announcing new stuff uh, for the hell of it. Like they announced a new phone the other day. Oh, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And they announced oh. new new things for like the iPod or the iPad. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like there are definitely companies out there that are taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. Well, this is Apple we're talking about here. Then they're kind yeah. of, it's like they don't even need to announce stuff. They just, put it on store shelves and it sells out because they have just such a rabid fan base. So mm-hmm. uh, another thing from Sony as uh, they've launched their, pl- their stay at home or play at home or stay the fuck home initiative. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with stay the fuck home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out with uh, free uncharted Nathan Drake collection and journey. And well, what else yep. are we doing? Uh, These are- in my opinion, the four best games on PS3. So yep. yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think in China and Germany they have uh, Knack Two in place of Uncharted mm-hmm. uh, for whatever specific regions uh, reasons those those countries are. But then you can also, if you want Knack Two, just create a German account. It's mm-hmm. not too hard mm-hmm. uh, for that. Uh, but also part of this is they announced a ten million dollar fund to help their indie partners. Uh, for those that need it, they say they'll have more information about it uh, and how people can apply for that uh, in the near future. But, yeah, uh, you have until May 5th to claim those games. Hmm. And even if you got uh, uh, Uncharted, uh, the Nathan Drake collection from PS Plus earlier this year, you can still uh, purchase it and get it free outright. Yeah. Yeah, these these games are totally yours. So if if your PS Plus expires, they're still yours. Yeah, yeah. It, it will also, like uh, Chris said, this will also overwrite uh, a PS Plus purchase. So yeah. yeah, a lot of the time when you, uh, well, yeah, it seems that that actually does work when you have a. Yeah, I've noticed like when I've had my PS Plus subscription active, when I go to look at a game that I might want to buy outright, I can't. Uh, and this mm, yeah. looks like you can. So. Yeah, even for somebody like me who already owned these games outright, I could buy them again for free. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, all right, double purchase, whatever. Yeah. So you can download them twice to your system. All yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, Journey is cross buy, so you can also play it on PS3 if you just have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. All right. And uh, final of the news stories for this week uh, with uh, Cyberpunk 2077 coming out in September. Uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft is doing a limited edition Xbox One bundle uh, yep. with a, well, let's just be honest, pretty fucking slick looking console. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so t- if you want one of those, it's an Xbox One X with uh, a very cyberpunk themed uh, console and controller. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like one, but. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm thinking, well. But buy one of these, then I'm. What's the point of buying a, an Xbox One at this point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This kind of should have been, uh, well, a, a limited edition Cyberpunk 2077 Xbox Series X, but uh, mm-hmm. they have. We fucking of, are. I, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do it, but 
and it kind of, you know, since they haven't detailed the launch of that system yet, they're probably not. They're probably keeping that one under wraps. Because, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the person that's going to buy this isn't going to buy a Series X. Yeah. Uh, people that are buying, buying these consoles. Yeah. Or they're buying this because they have the disposable limb kind and just love the way it looks. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but nobody cares about those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do whatever you want at this actually, point. I wonder how much they actually make from their uh, you know customizable controllers and their Elite controls and whatnot because they, they've been doing this a lot. Apparently you got you got to think well like they're them. making them because they're selling. It's like I've never used it, but apparently it's. I mean, they're keeping it around, so it seems yeah. like it's like, something that's profitable it, it, enough it, for them to keep it going. Yeah, exactly. They, they wouldn't exist if it wasn't selling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Next, we'll move on to just some regular discussion topics and whatever. Uh, so, uh, first, let's, since uh, tomorrow is 420, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it might be fun to talk about some games that you could play on 420. Uh, games that might be about drugs or make you feel like you're on drugs or were created while on drugs. Uh, uh, let's see. see, when you talked about this before, I thought you, um, the premise might have been, I'm going to list off a bunch of games and you tell me which category it falls into. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure they sure. too. Yeah, well, whatever. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm first going to nominate uh, the ni- late 1970s to 1980s era Ar- Atari arcade games. Uh, yeah, as falling under the were probably made while on drugs. Yeah, because there was lots and lots of cocaine just yes everywhere. Yeah, now there's actually they a funny story about this. Practically insulated the building with the stuff. Yeah, there's actually a funny story about that because uh, uh, the early productions of Computer Space and some of the uh, older Atari uh, arcade games. Um, Typically, well, they were all done by hand back then, duh. Uh, and uh, they were all using just these plastic uh, coin coin buckets for that. Well, uh, one of the things that people started seeing uh, when they were getting their machines was that there was like this long scratch on the bottom of the coin uh, box. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it turns out, one of the engineers was actually talking about uh, about that. And he mentioned, yeah, if you see that on uh, an old uh, Atari arcade cabinet, um, that's because that was where they uh, snorted the line of coke from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether that's true, but it it is something that totally probably does make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so, there's that. Anybody else want to jump jump in with something? Um, for me, I, mean, I I think of immediately uh, Wipeout Omega Collection on PlayStation VR. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that has always been a series of choice for um my chemically uh, inclined friends, mm. and. I can only imagine what effect um, it would have on the VR version. So, yeah, that's the one I have to nominate. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me? Uh, Especially in zone mode. Yeah. Uh, who here remembers a game from, oh, back in around 2011 called El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron? Oh, God. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to explain this one. Uh, okay. Um, so it was a game that was made by Ignition Games, UTV Ignition Games. Um, the it was led by a Sawaki Takayasu who worked as a artist and character designer on Devil May Cry, Okami, Fatal Frame. Um, and it basically looks like a game that was made on acid. It's roughly based on, like, the Book of Enoch, which is, like, a part of the Biblical Apocrypha. And you're basically going around as sort of like a – sort of as part of like a – it's sort of like an action beat-em-up. And every single environment you go into is, like – it's, like, painterly washed out. Like something you would see when you go under ether. Mm. It's just, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and go into Google Image Search here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to link a it there, okay. And then I'm going to just sort of put this in the chat here. Alrighty, so and uh, just uh, take a look for yourself. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a, that is – there's a lot of – there's a whole lot of acid going on here. <laughs> it's okay. true. Um, so yeah. I just opened this up and uh, what am I looking at? What? what? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the normal reaction. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Died. All right, that's that's a good choice. Uh, oh yeah, good choice. I mean, just completely fucking insane. Uh, I would also have probably added in uh, LCD, but I mean LSD. But yeah, that game is actually based yeah. on a. That's actually like based on a dream journal rather than actual drug use. Yeah, so. yeah, but it, it is it one of those things. Well, it could mm-hmm. be enhanced by drug use. Yeah. Oh so yeah, it still applies. Hmm. And has just about the same effect too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that because that is a, a. I mean, it doesn't help that you know. Obviously, the controls are shit. <laughs> it's basically taint controls. Yeah. Um, it's all in first person, and basically, it'll randomly take you out if you just hit stuff randomly, but. <laughs> That does not stop it from having just some of the weirdest freaking imagery you will ever encounter in an old PlayStation game. Yeah. So, all right. Um, first, camera. Anybody else want to jump in? Yeah, I have three. Hmm. Uh, first one, Res, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That <laughs> one's basically what uh, making Panzer Dragoon on E looks like. Yep. Uh, second one would be. Uh, well, you have to be careful with your headset if you pin VR, but uh, Tetris Effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it works. Uh, the third one, just because you know, um, I mean, I, I I tried playing Animal Crossing while on um, Gummies a few weeks ago, and it just didn't work out. So definitely not that one. But uh, uh, what, what was I going to say again? It was um, Rampage because you need something something simple, you know, just calm down, down. Yeah, mm. that works. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so basically, uh, most of Tetsuya Mizuguchi's recent output and yeah. Rampage. 
There yeah. <laughs> I would probably, uh, you know, if it weren't for the fact that I know enough about Japanese culture, I would put the entire Katamari Damacy franchise on there. Mm-hmm. But that type of silliness is something that is just kind of endemic to Japanese culture. Yeah. So they don't need drugs for that. It still works, just... though. Yeah. Oh, it still works, definitely. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, one more. Uh, Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game? Untitled Goose Game. No, that's just more of a mean game. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Which, Those to be ready? fair, usually is comes into existence through drug use, so... Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, um, I think... Because uh, there, there's a point where you, when you're looking at these games, it's like, okay, when can you ascribe this to possible drug use or just essential weirdness? Hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the times it's very difficult to tell where that point is. Yeah, uh, because it's it's a cultural thing, especially yeah. when you know Japan is involved. Yeah, like look at the entire like uh you know the mystical ninja yeah franchise. If it weren't for the fact that, you know, it, how it's all based on, like, you know, traditional sort of Japanese silliness and stuff, and you'd be playing this, and it's like, this had to be made on drugs. No, it's, it's just Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you could probably say that for, like, a good half of the Nintendo Entertainment System's original output. Yeah. It's mostly because Japan. Yeah. It's either drugs or just Japan. Yeah. Of course, there's, you know, like, stuff that you would expect, like Weedcraft Inc., which is mm-hmm. now, and you can, you know, make your own weed empire if you want. There's, so that's something you could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what else? Pac-Man. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that, that, that could always, go really badly, though. Yeah, <laughs> that was always kind of the the joke, wasn't it? Yeah. That the reason he's eating all these dots is because he's a massive pill popper. Yeah. <laughs> um, And the big... Power pellets are all are steroids. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's PCP because then he's strong enough to eat the other ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that has been said many times. Mm-hmm. Or it's bath salt. Hmm. So there's another one that could uh, potentially crocodile or yeah. basically anything that'll make you want to eat someone's face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or crystal meth. I was gonna say that would be bath salts. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, also uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, because that game is just rolling in the Scarface imagery. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. That game was pretty much an homage to Scarface. Yeah. Um, there was also a Scarface game itself, which... Uh, yeah, there was. Which actually was pretty good, if you could find yeah, it. Yeah, wasn't the whole like premise of the Scarface game is that you know he actually manages to survive getting... Yeah. Shot to pieces at the end of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Scarface alternate history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. Uh. I guess Watam would also sort of. You know, that's the game that was made by the same guy who created Katamari Damacy, and. Right. Yeah, that that game is definitely something that looks like it would be made on drugs. Yeah. Like even that game is like no, just Japan isn't a good enough excuse. <laughs> yeah, you see, Ooh. Katamari Damacy De- is silly. Wata yeah. is wow. <laughs> just uh, there are no words. Both silly and esoteric. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, Donut County. Mm-hmm. Donut County. Donut County is absolutely a good example. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, pretty much a lot of uh, there was a lot of those like more. I guess like around the late '80s, early '90s, there were those types of. They were computer games, but they were like computer games that were more like abstract in the way they operated. Mm. Um, like, uh, let me think here. Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name was one of the designers on a bunch of them. Um, uh, Jaron Lanier. Okay. Uh, didn't he? He uh, worked on games like. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> Do you hate it when you get a just complete brain fart? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's uh Yeah, like uh Moon Dust and Alien Garden mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff from like uh, you know, they called it the they used to call them quote unquote non-games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those just... a lot of those are very much like that. Mm. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, and I guess uh, if you want to like experience the effects uh, without actually you know, taking any drugs, uh, Polybius might be a good one to try out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or well, it, any of Jeff Minter's games. Yeah. Very very psychedelic. Uh, very uh, uh, very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should play Polybius anyway, which is fucking good. Yeah. 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 Uh, that one also is uh, quite good in VR, as I've heard. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So. And we are, by Polybius, we are referring to the 2017 game. The one that the, actually exists. Yeah, yes. not the uh, Urban Legend. <laughs> yeah. The Urban Legend, which was quite thoroughly debunked. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's going to probably be it for that one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, does anybody want to talk about their stimulus hauls, or should we skip going? I did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, since I'm regi- since I'm registered as a dependent, I didn't get one. Yeah. Ugh. Sucks. I have a credit card. That's yeah. about it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, after paying off my credit card I, or credit card, student. my student loans, I final uh, finally. Uh, I did have enough left over to get caught up on some games that I'd been meaning to pick up and just hadn't yet had the chance to. And mm-hmm. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and Fire Emblem Three Houses over on the Switch mm-hmm. uh, with their respective season passes. Um, I got Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and Langreaser Collection for the PS4. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got Forza 7 over on the Xbox One because I'd just been putting that off for way too long. Yeah. And it sounds like that game is in a fantastic place now, so I can't wait to to get into it. Did you get that digitally? Yeah. Okay, so you also now have it on PC as well. Do I? Yes. Interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, that, um, that was my haul. I haven't really had much time to uh, put into any of them, but... Grand Blue Fantasy is already um, interesting to me because I've never seen a 2D fighter that mixes directional blocking with a block button and actually makes them work in in unison with each other. 
Because if you're using your directional blocking and you press the block button, you'll get a dodge. Hmm. So you can actually initiate a dodge while you're already blocking. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm kind of surprised yeah. nobody's thought of that. Yeah, um, it is probably the most earth fighting game that Arc System Works has ever done. But uh, I wish they'd do stuff like this more often. Hmm. And honestly, yeah. What was that? It had quite the crowd at Evo last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting into this some more. Hmm. Also, um, it it has a soundtrack that you're not going to want to miss out on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, as far as me goes, uh, didn't do a whole hell of a lot with mine. Uh, most of it is still sitting in my bank account, such as it is. Uh, I did like spend more than I probably should have on a new router, but that's kind of a necessity at this point. It's like the, the amount of traffic that we're throwing at the internet over here right now is mm-hmm. stupid. Um so I invested in a Linksys WRT 3200 ACM and immediately had problems with it, which was great. Uh, yeah. I then installed the custom firmware in DDWRT, and now I don't have problems with it. So, mm. yeah. Stock firmware is shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's pretty much what I did with mine. Uh, so, uh, Chris, did you do anything? or? Uh, no check yet. No, oh, you're still waiting. Ooh. Oh. oh, you're waiting on a paper check? Yep. Shit. Yeah. Is it Donald Trump having to have his <laughs> name on it? Yay. Yeah. My uh, my hope is that I'm cross my fingers and maybe the IRS will end up making a dumb mistake and I'll still get one. <laughs> Do they have your direct deposit info? Well, I was going to say for the direct for the paper checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they had my direct deposit info, it would already be You'd know there. by now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when the IRS makes a mistake, you pay for it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's usually the case, unfortunately. So, all right. So, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Um, I'd like to remind everybody if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, uh, you can do so at anchor.fm slash day zero update. Uh, you can also check us out at smashpad.com. Uh, recently, we got uh, Review Animal Crossing New Horizons up there and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. We got something coming for that. We're not sure what form yep. it's going to take, but it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, some other uh, cool stuff you can uh, expect to see there. Uh, so for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Sologi, and Dan Victorio, I have been Filippo Donolfo, and we will see you next week. <laughs>